0: Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Good to be back with all of our listeners again today. And what a blessing to be able to come together each day right here in the program and open up God's Word and study a little bit more. Get to learn a little bit more from those scriptures that God has had written down for us to communicate His will for our lives, but also to tell us about all of the blessings that He has for us and all of the hope that He has given to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. His son. You know, we're so blessed to have the Bible. So many countries in the world either do not have full access, or at least free access, to the Scriptures, or they may not have the Bible, or very much of the Bible at least, that has been translated into their language. Now that process is going on, but that's a challenge. There are so many different languages and so many different dialects throughout the world that it's a real challenge to provide the scriptures into each one of those. It's a, it's a challenge that has been going on for quite some time, but more and more as the years go by, more and more of those languages are being blessed with the scriptures being translated into them, and so that people have access to them. But you know, there are, people, there are nations where it's illegal to own a Bible, or at least illegal to teach the scriptures openly, and so people in those countries, they have some difficulty just being able to have a copy of God's Word. And if they can have just a portion of it, even, Many of them feel so blessed. They cherish that so much. Now, by contrast, how many people in this country have not only a copy of the Bible, but they may have two or three or four or five copies of the Bible that have been given to them or that they have picked up over decades, perhaps. But those copies of the scriptures, they just kind of sit there on their shelves their bookshelves, their closet shelves in a cabinet someplace, and they almost are never taken down and opened up and read. How tragic that is. And what a contrast it is to the people in those nations who do not have ready access to the scriptures, but oh, how they would love to have a single copy of the Bible, or even a portion of it in their language, and to be able to read it openly and to be able to study it and keep it and learn those rich teachings and truths well here on search the scriptures we try to help you and everyone who tunes in learn god's word more fully and we try to even though we look at it in depth and in detail we try to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your everyday life we want to help you come to god we want to help you come closer to god Now that begins by learning his word so that your faith can develop and then grow stronger. As we keep emphasizing, the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 that faith comes by hearing the word of God. So you need to get into God's word in order to have faith, and you need to continue in God's word in order for your faith to grow stronger and deeper and fuller. We want to help you with that. And ultimately, we want to help you come to God all the way, his way. And as you continue to study his word with us, you'll come to learn his way for you to come to him for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. As you repent of your sins and confess your faith in Christ as your Lord and Savior and God's son, and then you surrender to him in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross so long ago is still absolutely effective to cleanse you of the guilt of your sin. And as you are buried in the waters of baptism, fully immersed, you are buried with Jesus Christ, as the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, and also Galatians 3 and verse 27, baptized into him, into Christ. And as you come up out of that water, you come up a different person spiritually. You have been forgiven of your sins. You have been reborn spiritually. You have been made new, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Oh, how blessed we are to have God's word to guide us in these matters and so much more. Now, at the end of the program today, we're going to give you the information by which you can contact us. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. Jot down that information and then do just exactly that. Contact us. Ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. We send it all over the country. We have done that for many, many years now. We never charge anybody anything to learn God's will, God's word. So this basic study in the scriptures will help you understand about God, about Christ, about eternal salvation, and about living the Christian life in faithfulness. The study is free. We'll even take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free. And again, we'll take care of the postage. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. We'll give you that information in just a little bit right after or right at the end of the program today. I want us to begin a new study today. I want to begin by asking you a question. Have you been to a funeral lately? (laughs) That's a question that might be rather surprising to a lot of people. Why would you want to ask something like that? Have you been to a funeral lately? Well, it's part of living in this world, isn't it? Part of the reality of life. People are born, people die. Have you been to a funeral lately? What was it like? What were your feelings? What were the emotions of the family members of that person who had died and for whom that funeral service was being held? You know, I remember, and she was a dear lady and a good friend. A number of years ago, in her older years, she's deceased herself now, But she told me, my husband and I have been to, and I believe she said, 60-some funerals this year of friends, she said. Well, in jest, I responded, people aren't going to want to be your friend anymore. (laughs) I hope you get the point. You know, so many of her friends had died. Well, she was getting way up in years. And so a whole lot of her friends and her husband's friends were way up in years as well. And one by one, they were coming to the end of their physical lives in this world. Sixty funerals in one year. And of course, that was not the end of it because she continued to live for a number of years after that before she eventually died and went on to meet her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Sixty-some funerals. I can't tell you how many funerals I've been to over my life. I do remember that my mother and father, when I was just a little kid, they would take me to funerals. I'm glad they did that because that served to kind of condition me to not be overly traumatized in that kind of setting. And, of course, as a minister of God's word, a minister of the gospel, I... Conduct a lot of funerals and I attend a lot of funerals beyond those that I conduct So I've seen a lot of that kind of setting Now you might say okay. Well, why are you talking about this? I'm talking about this because life here in this world is short It's short Now the question after that statement of reality is, are you ready? Life is short. Are you ready? Our time in this physical world is short, and we need to be ready for what comes next. Are you ready? The psalmist wrote in Psalm 90 and verse 10, The days of our lives are 70 years, And if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. And then verse 12, So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, I know that people would quickly respond and say, Well, I know people who have lived well past 80 years, certainly well past 70 years. I've known people who were in their 90s, or I might even have known a few people who were 100 years old or more. Oh yes, we seem to be getting to the point through our medical technology and also through our understanding or better understanding of healthy eating and living that they're becoming more and more centenarians, as they are called, or people who live to be 100 or even beyond. But those who live to be 100 or even beyond 100 their days are pretty short after that. They're the exception by far and not the rule. Now, when we're talking about what the scripture says here, that the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength 80, well, we're talking about we can look around us and we can look at all of the people we have known who have passed on and we can say, well, you know, that's pretty accurate. On average, common lifespan is probably somewhere around 70 to 80 years, maybe a little more than 80 in many cases, but that's probably pretty close, pretty accurate. So we're talking about, on average, 70 to 80 years. Now, of course, in my position, my capacity as a minister, I have preached funerals for all ages, basically. And let me tell you, I've done funerals for little children or newborns and then people on up into their younger years and then middle age and people who passed from this life far, far earlier than the 70 years or 80 years that the psalmist mentions here in Psalm 90 and verse 10. Now, because life is short, and especially when you compare it to eternity, which is time without end, if we live to be 120 years old, that's just barely a tick of the clock in comparison to eternity. But verse 12 there in Psalm 90 is is key. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We need to use our years wisely. And so many of us, we tend to waste so much time. I, I remember a lady many, many years ago, early in my full-time ministry, and she was talking about, I believe, you know, I, wish, I wish it was, and you can fill in the blanks. People say all the time, I wish it was Friday. It's Monday. I wish it was Friday. Or maybe they're in the middle of winter. I wish it was springtime. Or maybe they're somewhere early in the year, and they say, you know, I wish it was August because I'm going to take a vacation at that time. Children, you know, in school, (laughs) come November or so, they're wishing it was already summer vacation. We wish, and this lady, she said, you know, we wish our time away. We wish our lives away, is, is how I believe she actually put it. Isn't that the way it is? Well, the psalmist says here in verse 12 of Psalm 90, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Our time on this earth is short, but we need to use it to our greatest advantage and to the best of our ability. We need to not waste it. We need to not just wish it away or dream it away. We need to take take full advantage of it and use it to its greatest advantage and effect. Now, many times, people at the start of a new year, they look at the beginning of a new year and they seem to see that as a time that offers opportunity for new beginnings. And people make resolutions of all kinds to change their lives for the better in a number of different ways. And so one of the most common, I believe, would be people say, I'm going I'm to go on a weight loss program. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to eat healthier. And I'm going to lose, and they may have a figure in their mind, they might want to lose 20 pounds or 30 pounds or 40 pounds or 50 pounds or more. And so they begin on some kind of regimen that they, in their mind, will get them to that particular point. Others may say, I'm going to change my behavior. I'm going, to, I'm going to stop doing some of the things that I've been doing. Some people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol, they'll make a resolution that they're going to quit drinking or quit doing their drugs that year. Others, they may not be doing well in their marital relationship, and they say, you know, I'm going I'm to be a better husband, or I'm going to be a better father. Or maybe a father says, uh, rather, I'm going to be a better husband, or I'm going to be a better wife. And a father might say, I'm going to be a better father. Or a mother, I'm going to try to do better to my children. And some young children, they might say, you know, I'm going to try to be more respectful to my parents. I'm going to be a better student in school students might say well the resolutions go on and on and on and on and on and that's good we're thinking about first our shortcomings and then we're also thinking about what can we do to do better in this year before us but you know typically most of those resolutions fall by the wayside fairly quickly fairly quickly the weeks transition into months and before long we wonder where did the year go? And then as the years relentlessly tick off the calendar, we wonder, where has all of the time gone? How many times do we hear people who get into the twilight of their years on this earth, and they think back and they, they wonder, where have the years gone? And how many times have people said things like, well, you know, it seems like just yesterday I was doing this or I was doing that. If you want that reality to really slap you square in the face, go into your box of pictures or wherever you have those old photographs going back in the earlier days of your life and start kind of thumbing through those and looking at those and see how many times you find one and you remember exactly when that picture was taken. You remember the setting. You remember the situation, and then you start to think about that was 30 years ago, or that was 40 years ago, or maybe those of you who are somewhat younger, you might say, well, you know, that was 10 years ago, but whatever the case might be, all of a sudden the reality is how could so much time have passed so quickly? Well, again, that's the reality of life in this world. Life is short. Are you ready for what comes next? We need to be. Again, as the psalmist wrote there in verse 12 of Psalm 90, teach us to number our days. In other words, to keep track, to keep in mind that we're living each day, and each day is important, and each day gives us opportunity And help us to look forward to that day and the day that comes after that. So many people, as they approach the end of their life, wish they could have just a few more days. Or maybe they might think, if I could have a few more months or maybe another year. But ultimately, that time clock will stop. And each one, unless the Lord comes again first, will pass from this life. And their life, their physical life in this world will come to an end. And that reality is absolutely true for you and me as well. Now, through God's word, God uses very descriptive language to continually remind us that life here in this world is short and recognizing that reality we need to be ready. When you go back to Genesis chapter 3, you find the consequence, or at least one of the serious consequences, of sin entering into the consciousness of mankind. Adam and Eve, they rebelled against God. Now, I don't know that they had in their mind that they were rebelling against God, but they certainly should have understood that they were directly disobeying God's command when they ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They sinned. Sin became a reality in the consciousness of mankind. And everything changed that day. Everything changed that day. Their lives changed. Their reality of life in this world changed. And even the world changed. Everything changed that day. Now, verse 19 of Genesis chapter 3 tells us one of the most significant consequences of sin. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, God told the man, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. God simply was telling the man, You're going to die physically. You see, when you go back to chapter 2 in verse 7, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And so here in chapter 3 and verse 19, As a result of man's sin, God says, you're going to die. And that physical body that I created for you is going to decay and go back to the dirt, to the ground, to the soil from which I made it for you. Your life in this world is going to come to an end. Now, because of wickedness, God first limited the lifespan of mankind to 120 years. Now we might go back to Genesis chapter 3 and say he limited it, it was going to come to an end, but we don't see a time span there. And so when you look at the biblical accounts of the longevities of man's, of mankind's life at that time, you would find people living to be several hundred years old. Even some are recorded in the scriptures as living well past 900 years. But when we get to Genesis chapter six, we find that the wickedness of mankind had become so great that God determined that he was going to destroy the world. He was going to destroy mankind from the face of this earth and did exactly that except for the family of Noah. So eight souls were saved from that destruction and through them, mankind still existed. But in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3, the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. So there's the first time frame that we see, definite period of time, where God says man's years on this earth are going to be limited in general to 120 years. Now, by the time we read Psalm 90 and verse 10, as we read earlier, God had shortened even that to 70 years, or if by reason of strength, 80 years. Now, there's the the principle laid out for us. In our next program, we're going to start to look at a number of passages of scripture that emphasize just how short our time on this earth is and recognizing what they're saying we need to ask ourselves am i ready in just a moment write down that information how to contact us and then contact us and you can begin to study that bible study that we'll send to you for free and it will teach you how you can be ready we hope to hear from you right away